On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we'll talk about how completely wrong we were about our Super Bowl predictions and what we learned after watching the big game. That and Carson Wentz will potentially be a Chicago Bear next season. Do we want him playing on the lakefront? Stick around and find out on episode 43 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gelman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gelman. He is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show Believe in Chicago Sports is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals. Well, we made it, everybody. The football season is over. The Super Bowl is done and gone, and it came with a shocker, at least for me. Tampa Bay pretty much single-handedly controlling the game the entire time over the Chiefs. Tom Brady gets another ring, and the rest is history, and it shows you just how important a franchise QB is that can turn around a 7-9 team to take them to the Super Bowl! Maybe the Bears should take some notes. Hey, you know what? And let's not forget, let's go on ahead and rewind just a little bit here, Joey, how, boy, were we so wrong on our Super Bowl prediction. I'll be the first to say it. Last last week's show, which if you haven't listened to, go on ahead and give it a listen. Why not? So you could see exactly what I'm talking about here when we were both breaking down the Chiefs. And, hey, let's, let's be real here. We weren't the only ones saying this, that their offense – is something so special that we don't care, right, how good Tampa Bay's defense has been. And it's a totally different NFL. And that offense is so special that it doesn't matter. Even if Tampa Bay shows up to play, you expect Andy Reid to bring his Chiefs in to Tampa Bay and for them to be ready to play as well. And as long as they were ready, they were going to put some points up on that board. And what they did was put a field goal up on that board. And a field goal alone in the first, second, third quarter and then a goose egg in the fourth to give him a whopping nine total points the first time in his nfl career even if you date it back to college and apparently some some outlets are saying (laughs) go even back to his high school days first time ever patrick mahomes is out there quarterbacking for a team and they're held to single digits so it's wild to think about that it would happen in the super bowl And a big thing, Joey, that I was thinking yesterday as I was watching the game, and maybe I'll even go back and watch a little bit more of it to try to answer this question for myself. And, you know, sorry if if the answer is is pretty simple and I just missed something. But they talked a lot on the broadcast, right, of a big key to that victory for the Bucs was doing such a magnificent job on defense against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, right? They were bringing, oh, look, you got the double team here, you got the double team here. They are just not letting Hill beat you. They're not letting Kelsey beat you. Okay. Well, I asked myself, Joey, I'm doing the simple math on my couch. If you have two guys on Hill and sometimes having two guys on Hill and also two guys on Kelsey, how the hell, even in a short amount of time, could Patrick Mahomes not find an open man? Like, How is nobody else open? If you're going to double team Tyreek Hill, and you're going to do a good job on some plays and also double-team Travis Kelsey, there has to be somebody open. <laughs> like, where was the, was the defense just that perfect to where you had double-team here, double-team here, perfect floating around zones that nobody could just be open for the Chiefs? And I don't know why it was one of the biggest things that stuck out to me yesterday, but maybe it was because they have to get it rolling somehow. Like, I get 
Mahomes is looking for his guy here in Hill or Kelsey. Then he's looking for the other guy here. But how is there never a point where on numerous times Andy Reid and Benjamin just adjusted to that to where you could find the open man? It must be an Andy Reid thing that you can't have halftime adjustments, just like Matt Nagy. They must all get it from Even the same games. source. <laughs> I mean, if I'm on the sideline as Andy Reid, and if you could see it from the broadcast and you could tell on your TV what they're doing, and it makes sense, right? Because at that point you go, oh, crap, they, they really planned for this. They, when when the Chiefs faced the Bucks last time, Hill went off. All right, we get it. You had plenty of time to plan. He's not going to beat you. Oh, wow, you're doing a really good job against Kelsey, too. There's nowhere else in the playbook <laughs> to where you could figure something out to give it to an open man because everybody else is double. The other two main options are double covered. Yeah, I, you know it, it begs a lot of questions, and I, I I know the focus has always been on Tom Brady all week, but I think the real disservice was not really taking this Tampa Bay defense for what it is, and they're really really good, and the injuries to the Chiefs' offensive line. I mean, we saw it here. Right? How a beat-up offensive line kills you. And as good as Mahomes can be, I mean, he made video game throws yesterday still. But he, the the the, the combination of the, the line not being able to protect enough for him to step up in the pocket. He was always running backwards. Like, you know, like when you play as Vic and Madden, and you run and run and run around, and you're going all the way to the other end zone and coming back. That was him That's exactly yesterday. what it looked like. And yeah. then, and then I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you, well, we won't hear it for a couple of weeks now, but... I don't know how serious an injury was for Mahomes. That even though he was good, is there because it was with his feet? You know, you 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 really have to take it into consideration. For footwork is key in throwing the football. So, I I, I just think yes, there could have been better game plan adjustments, like you like you're saying, because you knew the top two targets would be shut down. But it kind of looked like they were just outmatched yesterday, and it's something you've never seen the Chiefs be is outmatched. And especially to a team that the Bears beat this year, but I digress. But it's just kind of like you this 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 Chiefs team. You said it last week. They're just they're unstoppable. And suddenly, here's a team that knew how to play them perfectly. And the Chiefs defense didn't do them any favors with the penalties. And that's your that's your story. You know, I was talking to a few people about this, and this is why I was so confident on the Chiefs, because there was a lot of big ifs for Tampa Bay going into that game to where if they're going to win, it's because possibly Tom Brady this whole season, like they were kind of just moving along at an average pace and sure, trying to build up a rapport and whatnot and get better along the ways, which they definitely did. If you go back to that Tampa Bay team that lost to the Chicago Bears and then the team that had a you know a couple weeks to prep for the Super Bowl, uh, you know, just last night against the Chiefs and did what they did, completely different teams. But in conversation just with a few people, it's like, hey, you know what? What if, you know, you have Gronkowski you have an Antonio Brown. What if the pitch the entire season <laughs> leading up to this point has been, hey, give me for the most part what you got all year and maybe a little extra once we get to the postseason. And then when we get to the big game or when we get to the Super Bowl, I really need you to give me everything you got. You know, like what if Gronk bought into that? Like what if Gronk was giving purposely 60 to 75 percent the entire year and then he's going to go on ahead and be as much as Gronk as old as his body possibly can and give it lay it all on the line last night in the Super Bowl. And same thing goes for Antonio Brown. Maybe he was going to give that those that two weeks going into the game and last night his 100% focus. That's when perhaps maybe he was even more the most bought in 
right? And it's a scary thought, and that's still like a lot of ifs, right, leading into the game. It's like, all right, well, am I really going to buy into that narrative that that is what's happening? And I'm not even saying that is what happened, right? I'm not even saying that's why Tampa Bay was so dominant, <laughs> right, last night, but it, it makes you think, right, like, wow, what did you guys have up your sleeve? Like, were you kind of just what's the word let's like hustling right like the league like like this entire season it's almost like this really good pool player right in the billiard hall who's pretty good and then starts cooking up and then all of a sudden just boom like shows you that they're, they're the best in the room and you think about it and this had to have been unless you you want to disagree with me and it'd probably be easy to disagree because of the performance that she's the chiefs had last night but probably the toughest Super Bowl opponent, the great goat Tom Brady, has ever faced. I mean, I would argue this has probably been his toughest challenge out of all 10 of his Super Bowl appearances. Um, and he came out on top. You can also probably argue <laughs> that maybe besides the head coach, this has been the best Super Bowl team assembled around Tom Brady. Granted, it's toward, you know, what you what you're considering has to be the end of his career because he only has tops a couple seasons left, right? Even though we've been saying that for five years. Um, but yeah, I feel like this was the toughest opponent Tom Brady ever had to face in the Super Bowl with it being the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, probably the most talented group he's had in terms of offensive line, receivers, defense. But it really makes you think, and it's weird, you know, the, what was it, the first, was it the very first two touchdowns of the game, both Gronkowski? I know the first one was, but wasn't the second one Gronk too? And then Antonio, or was it maybe, Ant- I know Antonio Brown had one too, and I'm, I'm having a hard time now remembering. But yeah, you give two touchdowns by Gronk, you get one by Antonio Brown, and those are the three for Tom Brady, <laughs> right? And then Patrick Mahomes with nothing, and it's weird. I mean, it's probably going to drive... You know, more of this narrative, especially if you're here in Chicago, like, oh, you see, yeah, if we do have a really, really good defense, maybe somebody like a, uh, which we'll get to later in the show, Carson Wentz <laughs> could lead us the way and we'll have the defense just win us the Super Bowl. And we talk about that, how that's kind of a flawed way of thinking anyway. So that's just not sustainable enough. If you want to make a championship run year after year, you're going to need the offense and the quarterback. So, I mean, the Chiefs are probably in a good spot and you know, it's no, you know, this is not to you know, say anything against the Chiefs. Oh, maybe they're not who we thought they were, right? Maybe they're not as good. I, I think they are. It's just the way everything went last night. Oh, boy, it was crazy. And, you know, my last thought on that is you could say all you want about the defense of Tampa Bay winning that game for Tom Brady. Or, you know, there was a few interesting penalties, you know, that went against the Chiefs. But, you know what, at the end of the day, the way from start to finish, the Bucks are just in control, for the most part. I mean, very early on in the game, between the first couple drives, you kind of had a feeling, oh, wait, when are the Chiefs going to start to roll? But eventually, the Bucks just took control, right? And, and they didn't let go. And a big part of that was the dominating effort by the defense. But what made it just a complete and utter domination was the way Tom Brady was able to just consistently put up good you know, good after good after be- <laughs> after better offensive drive. So he was still very much in control in leading that team out there to you know to the to the to the charge of thirty one points on their own. So you know, say what you want about the defense, but Tom Brady he definitely earned his his seventh Super Bowl ring. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah, it's nuts. And you know, they had some stats yesterday on all the teams, and like obviously, like now Brady has more Super Bowl wins as a player than any team in the league. And and you look through the list, and only about twenty plus teams have even won a Super Bowl out of the 
out of the entire league total. And it's like, it's just amazing kind of what's accomplished. And I think, you know, I, I like you brought up the Gronk stuff because I think it's, that's what's really interesting is how all these names, like, they're because they're big names, but didn't but they didn't really contribute all year to where you thought they were going to. And they still made this run. And in the biggest game of the year, here are all these guys that no other team had to worry about for 16, 17, 18, you know, weeks. And now here they are, and they're kicking your ass. I mean, it's Gronkowski with two touchdowns. It's A.B. coming back for and scoring a big touchdown. It's Leonard Fournette coming in, you know, the old yeah. running back at 25, coming yeah. through and, and, and being playoff Lenny like he is when you didn't have to worry about him all year. And so it's... It was really fascinating. I don't know if it was just luck that all these guys kind of got healthy and, and on the right path towards the end, but they took full advantage of going, we are going to do something as a Tampa Bay Bucks offense that nobody's seen, not schematically, just player-wise. Because yeah. if you would have told me, I mean, I don't know what the betting lines were, but like if you would have told me, like, you know, the three passing touchdowns would go to be Gronk, Gronk, and Antonio Brown, you'd be like, no way, like, Gronk's been a non-factor this year. Like, it just, it, he's there, you know his name. And yeah. then, sure enough, he dominates the game. And it's just like we're rewatching a, a, a Patriots Super Bowl. It just looked so, so easy and so effortless. Weird. And it's it, it's it's weird. So, I mean, you know, you know, congrats to the Buck. I'm happy for Bruce Arians. He deserves it. Um, but it's it was just a fascinating display yesterday. Of like, all right, like, well, Mahomes is going to come back, right? Like, they're going to come back. And they just could not get anything going. It was cruise control that whole game for Tampa. And... It was just, it was, it was shocking and impressive in the beginning, and then frustrating. Like, oh man, now the game's just boring. It's out of reach. Well, and it's funny because you made me look at the box score right now, Joe, and you look at it. Out of the twenty-nine attempts that Tom Brady had, seven of them, Rob Gronkowski was targeted. Seven targets for in six receptions. The second highest targets was AB. He had six targets. Mike Evans had one. Evans had one target, one reception, and then you had Godwin, who had four targets and two receptions. But the top two target getters, right, were, were Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. Two touchdowns for Gronkowski and the one for AB. Right, there's no it's way just, they schemed for that defensively. No way. You you definitely probably weren't scheming for AB to be the first or second top receiver, right, in terms of targets. And it's it's crazy to think about. And then if you check the other side. Of the stat sheet, you know, I was just talking about it. Where, hey, if everybody's double teaming, if everybody's double teaming Tyreek Hill and or Travis Kelsey just continuously, get the ball somewhere else. But you look at the stat sheet, and it makes you think like they were just really, really trying to force it to Kelsey. Fifteen targets for Kelsey, ten for Tyreek Hill, and then after that, the one, the the next person up was Edward Zelaire, who had three targets. Oh, no, I take that back. Seven. There, there's seven targets here from, from Darrell Williams. But still, another running back. <laughs> so after those two top receivers, you had a running back who had the next most targets. And I just feel like they tried so hard to force it to their playmakers. And I get it, especially if you're down and the lead kept getting bigger and bigger, right? That that margin was just getting higher. So what could somebody like a Tyreek Hill do if you finally find him at the right moment and he runs it, you know, 40, 50 plus yards to the end zone or, you know, same goes for a guy like Kelsey. It's just a complete game changer. I understand that. But if they're covered like a blanket the entire time, find somebody else. 
I mean, Hardman six targets and two rece- uh, you know two receptions out of the six targets. So it's just weird. It's were you forcing the envelope a little too much? And then it's funny because I had the same thought. I was thinking this leading up into halftime, and I was like, well, you know what? That's this is now the advantage that the Chiefs have. I think they were caught off guard. I think they were caught off guard with the defensive scheme. Right and hat tip to Bowles, who just put together a fantastic scheme. (laughs) He's the only defensive coordinator ever, one in the history of the NFL, to hold Mahomes to under ten points. And you know you can even trace that back to high school and college days. He did it right, so definitely hat tip there. But okay, so you were caught off guard by what you were seeing defensively. You were obviously, like you said, caught off guard to what you were seeing offensively because you got Gronkowski out here now and, and and Brown out here getting way more targets than you thought, but adjust, right? And I actually trusted Andy Reid and what he has and the rest of his squad to adjust. But if anything, they got worse. <laughs> like if anything, Aaron's and the rest of the crew and the other locker room for Tampa Bay did even better. They went out and said, all right, now here's how we can adjust even more and go out in the second half and beat them. It's just it was just crazy to think about. It's it definitely didn't unfold the way you thought it would. If if I would have had if I could have guaranteed anything, there would have maybe been two things I would have guaranteed. One, that the Chiefs would score a touchdown, right? Like they are going to score at least one. That's an automatic guarantee. You couldn't you wouldn't be able to convince me otherwise. And then two, maybe not as much of a guarantee, but I would have said Kansas City is going to be within one you know, seven to 10 points the entire game. Like never will they fall below 10, a 10 point deficit. And that happened too. I thought at the very least, Kansas City definitely has enough firepower to at least stay in it. And maybe it'll be a nail biter to the end. We didn't even get that. Absolutely crazy. That's why you play the game, right? That's why you play the game, Joey. Yeah, that's why you do it any given Sunday. That's what they always say. Except this one had much better food, but... That's true. I, I, I saw you. you. You were still really dabbled very well in, in the food. I, I just did the wings and some fries, which fantastic. And, you know, plenty of rounds of beer, you know, plenty of frequent trips to the fridge. But it looked like you went all out there. What did you have? We made barbecued chicken pizza, uh, wings, and bacon wrapped dates. Wow. Okay. We got a little fancy. Well, because we figured there's only two of us this year. So it's like, I can't make a big vat of something. Who's going to eat it? Hey, you you ship some over to Chicago if you like. Fine with me. I'll I'll definitely uh, help you out there. Just from Philly to Chicago, ship it on over. And as a matter of fact, you could send Wentz with you, right? Or send Wentz with you. You can deliver it for me. Because apparently (laughs) he's going to potentially, he's going to be a Chicago beer, right? Like, as a Bears fan, you're looking at all the football news and everything leading into the big game, and then there's all this stuff coming in about Carson Wentz. And funny enough, Joey, we didn't really talk about it, right? Like, uh, like off the podcast leading up until today about kind of what your feelings are. So this is going to be very, you know, uh, first time we're, we're we're breaking it down. And I guess it's really it's honestly as simple as like, how do you feel about it? You know, I'll tell you how I feel about it. Just really quick is. Eh? I mean, that's really it. That, that, that's my feeling on it. Just meh. I am 100% meh on the Carson Wentz situation. And maybe you could sell me on it, or maybe you're just as disappointed as I am. But it kind of feels like it's very typical. It's like, sure. Like, sure, this is what the Bears are attempting to do, or that's at least what the reports are is. It just it, it doesn't really catch you off guard, does it? No, and, and I... 
I'm kind of in the meh category too. I mean, listen, it's it's a uh, it's a hail mary, not to do a pun with football, but like it really is. It's like this is a this is a guy that was almost an MVP when the Eagles won the Super Bowl before he got hurt, to where now nobody knows what he is. So is there that upside chance that he could be great? Sure. Do I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky at this point as as an option going into next year? Yeah, I do. But is he the guy that you mortgage everything for? I don't know. And I and I, and I don't and I don't trust Ryan Pace to evaluate that properly as he's done so poorly in the past X amount of quarterback decisions he's made. And this is what you get when you have Ryan Pace empowered and emboldened to try to make the playoffs this year and save his job, no matter the cost of what it could be four to five years down the road. So when you, if he sits here and he's sending out first-round picks all across the league to try to salvage anything here, he's going to do it, and the repercussions he won't have to deal with because he won't have a job anymore. It's like Bill O'Brien and all the trades he did and then got fired. So I... I, I it, it, it's a very, long story short, it's a very short-sighted move that could be great, but on mm-hmm. paper right now, there's too much in it that is hope versus actually tangible evidence that I know what I'm getting exactly when he would suit up for the Bears in week one next season. Right, which is what makes it a very okay, right, like, meh situation right now. And stop me where you've heard this before. But being a Chicago Bears fan, I am just absolutely just completely fatigued from the meh quarterback news. It's always a eh quarterback thing coming out of Hallis Hall. I'm just exhausted by it, right? We're exhausted by a lot of things when it comes to Chicago Bears, but it's just tiring as a Bears fan. It's boring. It's cliche. It's annoying. I mean, it's it's just it's just all those very negative or bland ways to describe it, and I I, I agree one hundred percent with you. Is it is somewhat of a hail mary because the ceiling is fairly high, but the basement is also pretty low on this. I pose this question to you though, and I agree with you. I think that's the case. If you're somebody like Ryan Pace who could you know mortgage off a decent little bit of the farm with the hopes of getting a good enough return and maybe even salvaging your job for more years to come, then yeah, you're going to go on ahead and take that risk because why not? Well, if that's the case and there's going to be no real major repercussions if it doesn't really work out because you're going to be gone anyways, then why not just freaking mortgage it all, like the entire ranch, the entire farm, and then try to get somebody like Deshaun Watson, like put all that out there. Like if there's really... If this is really all you got and you have to go all in once again, just like he went all in with Mitch Trubisky and that didn't work out, but yet he was still replenished and able to give it another go, then why don't you just go for the best available, right? Or why didn't you go for Stafford then? Maybe Who knows? Maybe the Lions wouldn't have even traded him to the Bears because of the whole interdivision rival or whatnot, but we didn't really see many reports on that, and we're not really hearing too much anymore, especially about the whole Texans thing with Deshaun Watson and maybe chasing after him then why are you doing it for Wentz? Aren't there other options? Can't you just open up the pocketbook then and try to maybe get somebody like a Dak Prescott? Like, why is it Wentz? And why are you 
giving away, you know, valuable first round picks, whether you know how to make them or not, whether you know how to pick them or not in the first round, why are you, why don't you just really go all in then and get somebody better? I think it's because this is the only realistic option left, truly. I mean... Is it? You can't open up the pocketbook for Dak or give up more for for Deshaun Watson? I don't think Watson... You've yet to hear from Deshaun Watson, which is the problem. But I I don't... Unless he pulls a James Harden, they're not getting rid of him. So when, when, when that's the case, your next best option, because Stafford's off the board, is is Wentz. And it's the most ceiling you have with someone that could recapture glory i mean he was a really really good quarterback for his first couple years in the league then an injury even in 2019 he had a good year it's this past year everything just broke and so you wonder you know the bears can say we can refix him i I don't know they 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 promoted john d Filippo to offensive passing game coordinator today is that in conjunction with he's going to be in charge of Carson Wentz and the reclamation? He's only twenty eight. You got four uh, yeah, years to hire five more guys right. to get into the quarterback and, and, room. He, and, and, yeah. and he's only four years. You know, he's four years away from the Stafford age, so you still got a lot of the prime left. And uh, th- if he th- stays healthy, right? So that's what I think they're thinking: is this is their last kind of shot? There's no who else are you going to get? Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> so I mean, that's, they're all yeah. in with it. And why would you? I Adam, guess. It's it's just silly. I mean, it, it's funny because even if you're ex- expecting goofiness, right? Like you were expecting someone of a goofy play, and like yeah, the, the, it, it still caught me off guard a little bit, right? I was still like, really? But then yeah, sure, you process it and, and you think it through, and it's just like you said, ceiling really high probably really the only thing that's most available to you and you know i i I saw this the other day and i think it's a good question too it's if you're willing to to trade away you know at least one first round pick maybe other potential picks and nick Foles. oh my god man nick Foles going back to philly right hope you like that but if you're willing to do that then what would you be would you rather just sell that or give that away and move up in the draft Right. And, and pick a quarterback, you know, there like like at a at a better at a better draft position or would you rather go with Wentz? I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me a tad just a little bit about the whole Jimmy Garoppolo rumor mill. Right. When the Bears were going to go on ahead and sign Jimmy or trade for Jimmy. Um, and then they went ahead and they just traded up for number two in the seven, 2017 draft to draft a one Mitchell Trubisky. So, I mean, I don't know if. If Carson Wentz is going to be the savior, I mean, yeah, the, the ceiling's high. It's high enough, but I don't know. It, <laughs> I, the, to, to compete in this division and against Aaron Rodgers, if he's if he's coming back to Green Bay, which I'm sure he is, uh, I don't I don't see him walking out of town and and engaged Aaron Rodgers, no less. Yeah, he's probably yeah he got over it. He's happy. He's a happy now. He's a happy man now, right? He's got plenty of reasons to celebrate. So. Yeah, I don't know. You're gonna you're going to be competing in that division and against a lot of other you know good teams if you make the postseason again, like you, you did this year at eight and eight. Then I don't know. I, I'm playing to talk about it. it. Hasn't even happened yet, but the idea of it and the rumor mill of it is really heating up. You know, in, in this town, I I guess you know, at the end, <laughs> once again, that's just what it's just an I guess. So that's all it is. So if you're the Bears, do you see yourselves as the Bucks did? Where you are literally a quarterback away from a Super Bowl, and that's it. 
that this defense and the supporting cast that has brought you eight and eight and eight and eight, just like the Bucks were seven and nine, and then a Super Bowl because of Brady. I know Carson Wentz is not Tom Brady. I know that, but mm-hmm. are are the Bears in that same position where they're just literally a position away, and that's what's hindering them? Well, if I was the Bears, it wouldn't just be me thinking that because I would definitely be collaborating with others. So I'd be collaborating with you and I'd probably try to convince us and can you convince everybody else in the room that that is where the, that is where we're at. Right. And let's be real. Their defense is good enough to make it to make a good playoff run and get to the Super Bowl. hundred percent like that defensive unit. It, they're good enough. Right. Like they could. They're, they're fine. Right. In terms of. Can't, like I don't necessarily know if they're as good as we thought they were in terms of you can make the Super Bowl because of them, but still a very good unit, right? You look offensively, especially if you franchise tag Allen Robinson, and you know they're they're in love with the blossoming Darnell Mooney. It's probably the, the greatest thing that happened to them this year, right? And if you if you if you bring in that quarterback, the most important position, and you finally get it right, sure. I don't know if they think like they could legitimately be a favorite and go out and win the damn thing, but yeah, I, I would I would say the answer is yes. You know, to your question is they think they are a really good quarterback away from competing. And let's be honest here, Joey. Yeah, if the Bears do like if if there was just a top three or top five quarterback that was just gifted to the Chicago Bears, hundred percent they would automatically be Super Bowl caliber, right? If if they were if they were given that great of a gift, right? Like, you know, you woke, you wake up tomorrow and Deshaun Watson is a beer, right? And they don't give up anything for him. Like then, yes, I'd agree. They are a Super Bowl contending team legitimate, but that's just the thing though. I mean, that's, that's what you have to now try to figure out as a fan is okay. Even Carson Wentz at his ceiling. Cause like you said, he's no Tom Brady. So even if you were to get the ceiling of what Carson Wentz could potentially be now, like I don't think you're ever going to get the super or the um, the MVP caliber Carson Wentz, who unfortunately got injured during that Super Bowl run for the the Eagles, and Nick Foles goes out and wins Super Bowl MVP. I don't know if that's his ceiling anymore, even right? Just do with maybe with injuries and age. I think it's a little different. Um, but for what his potential ceiling is, is that good enough to lead this team? And the honest answer is, I don't know. And one more thing that's definitely worth noting here is the Bears want to talk so much about character, right? When he was falling out of, you know, Peterson's liking as the as the number one quarterback there in Philly, and then Hertz was getting his opportunity and you know, once was finding some time on the sidelines, he didn't handle that all too well, did he? Right? He decided just to basically walk away from throw a little bit of a tantrum, if you will. That's the kind of guy you like it was very, I hate to say it. Jay Cutler-esque, right? Throwing a little bit of a tantrum, right? It, it, there was a quarterback who was a little pissed off. He didn't like it, and he definitely showed it, and he walked out on the rest of the team for a little bit. I don't know if that's the kind of character, right, the, that, that you want to bring in to your absolutely magnificent culture that you have at Hallis Hall, right, that you appear Maybe they have. need so, that. They need a jolt of chaos. Maybe you do, <laughs> but I think it's worth noting, right, that the guy could probably be a little bit of a little bit of a bag if – Things don't go his way. Yeah, but if he can play well, it doesn't matter. I mean, Mitch Trubisky is the best sure. intangible leader you have, and he can't play, so it doesn't help you anything. Can't play know. worth a damn. Nope. 
Well, no, I, I get it. And here he would be, he literally would be the guy. I mean, there's going to be nobody else in this city who could legitimately compete. Like, that's the other thing, too. If you bring in Wentz, that's who you have. You don't have this Trubisky Foles thing going on. And Foles would base, most likely be shipped out of town, anyways, if you were to bring him in. So. I don't know if Bray's coming back and that, that that's going to be your legitimate backup or whatever it is you do, you know, pick up somebody off the street as a free agency signing or late in the draft or whatnot or at any point in the draft to then be, you know, your number two guy. But it's going to be no competition. If Wentz is here, he's the guy. There's no question about it. So you, you wouldn't have that. And maybe Wentz would love that. But yeah, I mean, I think that's where we stand. And it's just, it's just very meh. And. Nothing to, uh, to be too happy about, I guess. Well, or maybe you can. If you want to be very optimistic, you could, you could love it. Well, outside of Lincoln Financial Field here, the big Carson Wentz poster is still on the side of the stadium. So if they do trade him, I will bring that poster home with me so we can plaster it up in, in Chicago for you, if that makes you feel any better. Look at that. We have an inside man. And I love how you said that he has issues with injury and age when he's our age. Like no. football, like like football, so screwed. Oh my god, he's so old. It's like it's, it's our yeah. age. <laughs> I mean, you you couple those injuries, even just with four or five seasons, and it's bad. I enough know, because, I know. You know, you, you'd be lucky to make it eight years. In yeah, the NFL. That's true. Or you could be Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl in three different decades if you're Insane. lucky enough. Yeah, just nuts. But hey. Go Bears, right? Go we'll, Bears. We'll see where it all happens. And, it can't be you know, worse we, than it was. That's all That's all I'm going to leave it with. It can't be worse, so you might as well see what happens. Even, but it, it Until uh, you get Carson Wentz next season and they go 7-9 and nine and miss well, the playoffs. Yeah, then you're screwed. That would be worse. <laughs> and I'm not saying if they got Carson Wentz that I would predict them after looking at the schedule and everything else and give a way too early prediction at 7-9, and nine, saying they'd go 7-9 and nine and be worse. But And, heck, what do we know about football predictions anyways? Because we guessed the big game um completely wrong anyways right but yeah you know here we are just you know wrapping up our thoughts on super bowl sunday and you know what this whole Wentz mania thing is so you know maybe later on in the week on our next show joey there's 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 more there's more to talk about it and we could be either upset or happy with the way it all goes down lots of value being thrown out there and what you know potentially is this um you know carson wentz trade to the chicago bears but on that note, and until next time, Joey, I'm glad you enjoyed the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl food you made, you know, for for you and for you and the lady friend there. Um, it looked delicious in the photo. So once again, if once once is if if and when he's traded, if you want to ship some of the food over with him, hey, that's fine means. with me. And hey, next time when the world's normal, we can eat it together. All right, that's that's the deal. A real Super Bowl party. Right, because the Chicago Bears will be in it with, with the one Carson Wentz because that's the last piece of the puzzle. So until next time, we'll leave you on a positive note. He's Joey Gelman, who you can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. I'm on there as well at Tweet Dan Collins. This fine show is there at Believe in Chicago. As always, we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.